to all of our viewers and assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to my guest tonight asad ansari asad how are you doing tonight yes alhamdulillah doing well i was not ready for that intro you were not ready for the intro alhamdulillah um it's uh it's good enough <laughs> it gets the job done let's put it that way yeah, I just started playing in my headphones. I was like, oh, okay. We we'll get a video. <laughs> but what's it called? Alhamdulillah, tonight I have a, a friend and a, a co-worker from Helping Hand, Brother Asad Ansari. Um, he works for Helping Hand, but that's not the reason why we have him on tonight. We have him on tonight because of the other facilities and capacities he works in, which is with MIST as their executive director. He's also the founder of Anhar, Anhar or Anhar Institute. Anhar. So what's it called? Um, which is based out of Tennessee. And Alhamdulillah, you know, he's also worked as a youth director in the masjid and, you know, over the course of his brief, but, you know, generously long life. Um, he's Alhamdulillah, he's, a, he's a, a gentle giant. Mashallah, he told me yesterday, I was asking, he's like, I'm six and a half feet tall, which is just impressive for being Pakistani. You know, most of us don't hit six feet. So Alhamdulillah. Um, do you play basketball or no? Yeah. yeah okay. He does play basketball. Well, I was like, I don't want him to waste that talent. Uh, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. So, Asad, is there anything you'd like to let us know about yourself? Uh, no, I'm sure you guys will find out plenty. He's so simple and so generous. He's not, he's not saying anything about himself. And even before the episode started, as I tell that, before the episode start, I generally have like a small talk with my guest and we go over the specifics of the episode. Us is just so so humble and so simple. He's just not, you know, giving me any extra information. What can I do? I'm trying. Um, and I'm the Asad who likes to talk a lot. I guess this is the Asad, you know, my counterpart who doesn't like to talk as much. And then you got two Asads in a room, I'm sure. You know, one of them will handle it. <laughs> um, so Alhamdulillah, you, you served in a youth coordinator capacity in a masjid before. Um, how has that bettered your skills at being able to create, you know, an organizational behavior or create a, you know, an image and create a sort of a, a system for, because now you're part of MIST and her institute. So how has that experience shaped what you're doing with these institutes and these organizations? Uh, so Alhamdulillah, I've been a, a youth director for about 10 years now. Um, the, the, the thing is, you know, with being a youth director, especially in, in Muslim communities, it's such uh, a new concept, mm -hmm. or at least it was, you know, about 10 years ago. And yeah. so there's not like a strict kind of uh, job description for it. Yeah, um, You end up wearing a lot of hats, you end up covering a lot of different areas. And so you gain a lot of organizational knowledge, just, just in terms of figuring out what, you know, uh, a specific one should expect you to do. Um, so I've alhamdulillah, been, been able to serve in multiple communities and with different masajid. And so, um, you know, you, you get to see the structures of a lot of different masajid. So it teaches you a lot about um, organizational development. And then on, on the other hand, you know, obviously, with, you know, since, since you were an imam um, as well, you're used to, to kind of community work, right? And you know how within the community, the best way to learn is by seeing the, the, the wrong um, organizational structure in yeah. place, right? We get to learn from people's mistakes, um, yeah. our own mistakes, and also just the normal masjid mistakes that happen, right? Um, so I think it's it's sheer, uh, it's purely from that experience, uh, being a youth director, just going through those different growing pains uh, really taught me a lot about what uh, organizational structure should look like, what leadership really is, um, and, and kind of the right and wrong things to do. 
Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I mean, you know, the best way to learn something is to experience it, honestly. And you've experienced it for a long time. So tell us a little bit about Mist. A lot of people may be familiar, but I still feel like Mist is not as, you know, inside of each and everybody's house and mind as maybe it should be. And let us know a little bit more about your organization that you founded in Tennessee. Get, give us the vision and what you guys are aiming for. Sure. So I want to start by saying Mist is not about matchmaking. Uh, so, someone, <laughs> could I name any names, asked if it was. <laughs> no, uh, alhamdulillah. Uh, so, so Mist is an amazing program. Um, I actually joined Mist, um, I wouldn't say relatively um, late in the game. Um, so I, I've been a part of MIST since about 2013. Uh, what MIST is really about, its mission is, is essentially about helping build a community for high school students, helping them uh, learn more about Islam, learn more about Muslims in a, kind of a healthy, competitive way, right? So we have about 32 different competitions that range from academic to you know, spiritual to recreational. Uh, and so we try to kind of cover cover a lot of ground um, and provide people with a lot of different uh, competitions that they can engage in, right? Whatever they're specifically passionate about. Now, my personal reason, like the reason that I do MIST is a little bit different. Uh, the way that obviously coming from a youth director background um, and, and a masjid setting, I have a different passion for it. Uh, and my passion for MIST is, really revolves around the idea that, you know, there's so many different ways to reach Allah Ta'ala. Um, and the way that I view MIST is that it provides over 30 different pathways for these students, right? For high schoolers. If you, you know, for example, if you're just interested in playing basketball, right? MIST takes that, that basketball and turns it into an active event. something that you can use to get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's what I really care about is that you can, you know, you can provide people so many different pathways. Uh, and that's what's really special about MIST to me. Um, the, the other thing is that it's one of the, it's a very unique organization in that, uh, in the way that they approach the creative arts, right? You have 2D art competitions, 3D art, short film. Uh, film has been, you know, a, a large passion of mine. I actually worked for TV stations throughout high school and college and, and my bachelor's is in journalism. So I really care about film. Um, and the fact that there's a short film competition in MIST was something that I immediately kind of gravitated towards, right? Uh, I wasn't one of those coaches that, you know, kind of did my competitors' films for them, but I was definitely highly engaged in the process, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's essentially what, what MIST is about. Um, it's about getting high schoolers to kind of help build their identity, to connect, and to have some healthy competition while learning about Islam and, and Muslims. What about the Institute? So Anhar was, uh, uh, you know, another passion project of mine. Um, it's something that, you know, me and a couple of other youth directors spent a lot of time talking about and thinking about and only recently really uh, launched it and put it into practice. Uh, so what Unhar is built on is, is this idea that, you know, for the last decade, we've had a lot more youth directors start, right? We're now starting to focus on having youth directors, youth coordinators, basically people devoted towards youth development in our communities, which is an amazing thing, but we're still really, really far behind in terms of how to train them. Um, and so that's what Unhar Institute was created for is to help develop youth directors. So to help give them training, to help train, you know, when you have like high schoolers leading a youth program, they need a lot of guidance, they need a lot of mentorship, they need a lot of training. And so that's, uh, you know, another aspect of what we do. We want to, we really want to become um, an organization that serves the people that are serving youth, if that makes sense. So we want to help just train people and help get them ready. 
Um, the other aspect of it is that, you know, having been a youth director and working with Masajid and knowing those growing pains like we talked about, we want to equip the youth directors to be able to deal with their Masajid, to come in with, you know, a degree, right, to go through a training program, like a year-long program to, that ends in a degree so that they can show the Masajid, you know, we're, we're investing in ourselves. We're wanting this. We're serious about this. This isn't, you know, you hire a part-time youth director, pay them, you know, 10 bucks an hour, whatever, right, not even minimum wage. Now, this is somebody is devoting their career and their life in order to really develop the youth in a community, to build that next generation. And so you have to treat them ethically, right? You have to treat them better. Uh, these are professionals. These aren't just, you know, some guy hanging out with a bunch of kids being weird. This is somebody that really cares about their community, you know? Uh, and so that's why we built on hard was really to help provide that, that level of training. I see. No, alhamdulillah, it's a very, I, I didn't know that was the vision and that was the mission, but it's, you know, now that you're bringing it about, it makes sense. It's like the concept about 10, 15 years ago of having a masjid manager, or having somebody operate the masjid even was foreign. Now people have masjid managers, but they don't have that training they need to be able to operate it properly. Obviously, navigating the challenges with masjid boards and navigating the challenges with the, the musallis and people who show up randomly just you know being able to put up with those like the other day i i gave khutbah um what's it called then i spoke about palestine alhamdulillah and after that you know i led the salah and after we were done the salah and i've been leading salah alhamdulillah now for like more than half my life um this guy comes up to me he's like after you got up from ruku uh, i mean sorry after you got up from the second rakah i mean the first rakah into the second rakah as soon as you got up, you started reciting Fatiha in Jum'ah Salah. And uh, he's like, you need to give us more time. So us old people, and he wasn't really that old. He's like, you know, I'm not, I don't look that old, but I have a hard time getting up. He's like, you need to give me enough time so I can get up. And I said, okay, inshallah, I'll look into that. I'll make sure I try to do that next time. Um, although I knew that I can't accommodate to everybody getting up because I spoke with one right after that, I contacted a sheikh and asked him. He said, look, in our masjid, we had one elderly man who used to come for every Salah. But because he had a disability, it used to take him about 10 to, 50, uh, 10 to 15 seconds to get up. He's like, if I waited for him, you think everybody else would just be standing there wondering what's going on? He's like, so just see whatever is, you know, possible to do without, you know, going against the bounds of Sharia as far as the Salah goes, you know, without delaying the wajibat and the faraith, you know, look into that. He said, but aside from that, you can't cater to everybody. So understanding that, you know, you guys are providing... Um, the ability for youth directors or youth coordinators or somebody who even works in a volunteer capacity to get that knowledge maybe that they didn't have is just amazing. So one question which I had was some of the challenges that you see our youth are facing and how are your organizations addressing those going forward? Yeah, um, I mean, so the, the one of the, I guess, the, the obvious um, challenges and, and is also something, you know, it's a solution that we're working on. Uh, that we talked about in the mission is just the lack of mentorship. Um, there, there's really a lack of so, like, you know, as as um, young Muslims in America, we have kind of this this expectation that we're going to go through school. Once we finish school, you're going to start working, right? Then you start working on getting married, and then you start building your family, and you know, it's it's a progression. Um, and so, what ends up happening is that we're so caught up in what we need to be getting done that um, there, there's no mentorship that happens. Nobody sticks around, right? So I, I was in the city where there were a lot of young professionals um, and then the high schoolers were also, you know, struggling a lot. Um, and the young professionals on the one hand, like they were existent in the city, which is starting to get, you know, more rare um, with a lot of people moving out of the, the bigger cities. 
you had the amount of young professionals there to, to have mentors, but none of them had the desire to be back in the masjid with those high school kids because they were so wild. But then those those high school kids needed those mentors the most, right? <laughs> and so it's it's just cyclical. Like you you have the abandonment of mentorship, which leads to the, you know, I don't want to say like uh, corruption, but the uh, the um, the state of what we're seeing in high schoolers, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think mentorship is a huge thing, which is why with Unhar we really want to work on building mentorship, um, on training people to be proper mentors. Right. Um, I think honestly, man, it's it's the, the biggest challenges that youth or, or you know high schoolers or whatever age bracket you wanna you wanna call them are facing right now, um, is, is social media. Um, and obviously I don't wanna be that old uncle that's you know ranting about it. I said uncle, come but, on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the you know, like the crazy thing is is besides all of the self-worth issues, the identity issues, everything that we already understand comes from it, it's just so much, you know, and there's so many new things coming out. Um, I remember just like <laughs> when um, I don't remember what it's called. Do you remember what the what's that thing called where they, they had a bunch of um, like group video chats? Group video chats. Are you talking about like. Uh, uh, clubhouse? No, not Clubhouse. What is it? I wanted to say Clubhouse, too, but I couldn't. No, 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 no. It was a. Uh, Something I forgot the name of the thing, but it was like it was like roulette or something like that. Uh, not chat roulette. It was a little uh, newer than that, but uh, a little bit newer than that. So I don't know, man. Call one of the youths. We need some help. We need uh, some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but point is, right, is that this new technology came about and it immediately spreads, and you immediately see the issues, right? Um, you know, alhamdulillah, I was I was lucky enough to go through Daisir for a year. And I remember yeah. a couple of years ago reading an article by one of my teachers, Mustafa Zainab, and she was talking about the idea of like internet khalwa, right? About yeah. like what what is really seclusion when it comes to like text messaging. House party. Or Instagram stuff. House party, yes. Did you Google it? <laughs> yeah, I had to Google it, man. Couldn't leave you hanging like that. Yeah, that was bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I so, remember. I couldn't remember it, but I had heard it. Because Mufti Menk had said in one of his talks that if people need to get married on house party, I will do the nikah for them. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I, I was like, I have to find this. Yeah, I just remember when house party came out. I was yeah. just like, what is going on here? Yeah. And I remember one of the one of these guys. <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't see this when he um, when he created his account and he he, he joined one of the rooms um, that was full of a bunch of the high schoolers, right? Yeah. And he was hanging out with me, so he just turned on his camera and pointed at me. And, and I didn't realize what it was. I just looked at it. And everyone saw it was their youth director in the room. And oh, they God. all left the room. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. But yeah, um, like I was saying, like that, that idea of, you know, internet khalwa and, and all of these issues that we're going to face societally, I, I just feel like we don't have, people aren't devoting themselves to really thinking about these concepts. Um, yeah. And so that's the biggest challenge that people are going to face is understanding that. But I will say that in my experience, you know, obviously when you start off new in the community, uh, in terms of community work, you start off really like harsh, right? You yeah. start off really zealous um, yeah. and overzealous. Um, in in ten years, I'm now realizing how overboard I was back in the day, right? The yeah, one no, thing I'll I say is the that uh, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is that now with that experience, um, I think a lot of the challenges that our you know youth or our high schoolers are going to face 
they are equipped to handle them long term. Um, and so, you know, five, six, 10 years later, I think they'll at least realize kind of where the missteps happened. Um, and that's ultimately the goal, right? Is to enable them to have the tools to understand when they, they had a misstep, how to come back from it. Hmm. Um, and so that, that is one thing I, I do want to say is that regardless of the challenges, I do think that they, you know, these, these future generations are very well equipped. And they're much wiser than we were. They have a lot more experience than we do at that age. Yeah. Um, and so they know how to handle these things a lot better. Alhamdulillah. But, but, like, uh, but like I was telling you before the program, and I, I don't care if anybody listens from the community or from that community, but like in one masjid in the locality in the Charlotte Gastonia area, they had, a, they had a youth imam. And his main purpose was to educate the youth, do youth activities and things like that. And they actually just fired him yesterday. And they said you weren't fulfilling your duties or your responsibilities. And not only was he doing the job of a youth coordinator, he was also the, doing the job of an imam, a regular imam. And he wasn't being given the tools he needed, funding and different things like that. So they fired him and they said you weren't fulfilling your responsibilities. So he asked them, what were my responsibilities? And I didn't give him an answer. And it's very easy for Masajid to get rid of youth directors or youth coordinators and stuff like that because the majority of the board is made up of older individuals, not insulting anybody, but they will look for whatever um, will fulfill their spiritual desires. And obviously a youth coordinator bringing kids maybe into a masjid they're playing basketball for, with them is not really increasing their spirituality, but rather it may be some way or a segue to get kids into the masjid, then they don't really see that. Right. Um, but but what are some challenges that you have faced as a youth director, as the executive director for MIST now? And and your institute is a little bit different. So just in particular in MIST, uh, working with MIST and working as a youth director, and even Anhar, what are some challenges you have faced from the community? Not the youth, but from maybe outsiders or older people who are elder elders of our community or maybe even the same level like the same age as us like you know in our late 20s early 30s stuff like that what are some challenges you have faced which has made your job harder but they should try to understand that this is not the way to do things before we get to the challenges uh i'm not getting in trouble saying this but tell uh, uh the imam that was recently let go uh if he's down to leave north carolina he's got a job waiting for him in tennessee okay. uh we'll, we'll take care of him man uh that's that's something that is you know it's a message that Masajid need to understand Yeah, is when you mistreat, you know, your leadership, there is always another place for them. Yeah. Uh, I always going to provide a, another opportunity for them. Um, so for real, tell them, hit me up. I, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I'm going to let, I think I'm going to let the guys in Charlotte try to get something for him before I send him somewhere else. No, no, no. no. Send him to Tennessee. We're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but tell us about the challenges. So, yeah, so in terms of the challenges, um, yeah, it, it, to be honest, my, my issue is I, I try not to uh, focus on the challenges. As soon as it yeah. happens, I'm like, all right, it's time to adapt. Let's move forward, right? Yeah. But I think the, the challenges are, are similar um, in a lot of communities. It's a lot of just, just – so from boards, it's a lot of you know not buying into the vision and then becoming over-controlling. Um, so not properly understanding, you know, what is the role of a youth director um, and therefore they, you know, withhold the resources or they're, you know, they they start to meddle in areas where they don't really have the experience or they're not equipped to really um, step into. Right. 
So for example, like um, I, I had one, um, one brother uh, who's a good brother, right? Not, not don't insult him, but uh, he essentially asked in a, in a board meeting, uh, do I, uh, is, is my, why am I not just like sitting in the gym, grabbing kids that come in for basketball and putting them into programs? And, and so I just asked, you know, honestly, do you, do you want me to just babysit kids in the gym? Is, is that what you think my role needs to be? Um, and it kind of stopped there, right? But that's, I think the reality is that whether people say it or not, that's what they do envision the role as, right? <laughs> um, you're just hanging out with kids, um, which hanging out is necessary, 100%, right? Yeah. But it's the relationship that matters. And to people, I think that don't understand the importance of relationships, one, it obviously shows in the work they're doing. Right. As you know, a board, it shows when you don't value relationships within your community. But if you don't value your own relationships, it's going to be very difficult for you to comprehend that a relationship matters in a community. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the biggest challenges is just, uh, you know, boards not understanding um, the, the relationships that need to be built and the, and the work that needs to be put into that. Um, the second challenge, I guess, is, is just um, and not, not necessarily from a communal communal um, organization or anything or communal structure it's just have for myself having that lack of training um i wanted more training i wanted to seek out more training uh but it was either too too difficult to get or you know it, it's just uh it's not there well yeah i mean it doesn't exist or it's you know you got to pay for a master's while having a youth director salary right yeah but i mean the thing about it is the systems aren't out there for us to be able right. to learn and if we want to learn, we're not given the opportunity or the time. There's always like this, you know, over the shoulder peeking or peeping, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not given the opportunity or the chance to grow. How are you supposed to grow? It's like it's like now when they have jobs, they're like, we want somebody with 10 years of experience, but they just graduated college. It's not possible. Right. So they want somebody who comes into a youth director role as a completely grizzled veteran, but they want somebody who's under 30. It's not going to happen. Right. I mean, at the, at the same time, like, even though we do have a huge rise in the youth directors, a lot of massages still don't see the need for a youth director. Yeah. Right. Which, which is crazy. Or I a mean, full time. In this day one. and age. Yeah. <laughs> in this day and age, to not see that need, I mean, you have to have some pretty serious blinders on. Yeah. I mean, uh, people, but see, the thing about it is people just don't see it. I spent, I've said this on the podcast before, I spent from my age of almost 17 to 18 to the age of almost 27 to 28, I would spend almost every single day at the masjid from 6 to 8.30, I would be at the masjid. And so we would have a madrasa, a small maktab where the kids would come to learn Quran. And afterwards, from say basically from February, March, all the way up until late October, early November, we would play basketball every single day. And I would be there to make sure that the kids are there playing. And even when I got to an age when the kids coming to the masjid were much younger, I would still be there so they could play basketball. So they would have the opportunity to be at the masjid. And alhamdulillah, a majority of those kids still come to the masjid. And it's not due to any of my efforts. It's just, you know, due to just somebody being there and standing and letting them play. If I wasn't there, they would go immediately home. Right. So it gave them that opportunity to play. And it's like, it wasn't like I was forcing them to stay. They wanted to stay, but they had no one there to give their parents comfort that somebody will be, you know, watching over them. Right. Right. Um, but what's it called? Any any parting wisdom, any advice for us? I, I, I had told Asad I won't hold him too long. Um, because you know, Asad is uh mashallah, he's a lion of this ummah and he's a lion of, you know, 
the Tennessee community. So I can't hold him away from his community for too long. But at the same time, you know, Asad is a man. Like I said, I like to talk a lot. This Asad, he likes to keep it brief and keep it to the point. Unlike me, who likes to keep blabbing. So any wisdom for us or any parting advice for us? Well, see, that's the thing. When you start asking me about the community, then I'll then I'll talk with you. <laughs> when it's about <laughs> me, you, you're not. You didn't want to get into it though. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the thing. You ask me about, you know, organizational structures. I got you. When you ask me about me, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, no, no, no real like parting wisdom or anything. I, I just want to say, you know, I know we talked a lot about the challenges. Yeah. Um, I do want to highlight that there are some communities, some massages and, and some boards as well. that are doing an amazing job yeah. um, in terms of really caring for their organizations, you know, like yeah. Roots, like 901 Umma. Um, like Muscipuni in Knoxville, Mistel um, in St. Louis, and, and NICC in Ohio. There's a there's a lot of youth groups and a lot of people devoted towards helping those those uh, the youth in their community grow. Um, and so I, I do want to make sure that it's, that it's important that you know in the work that you're doing, especially um, in terms of advocating for these groups, kind of highlighting them. Um, I I, I wanna, want to first thank you for that, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to do that. Number two, I want to say, like, if you are in a community in which you see good work happening, especially related to youth, give them as much support as you can and appreciate them, right? Um, unlike the imam you're talking about and what just happened in North Carolina, make sure you appreciate these people because they're putting a lot of sacrifice into you know, not only their life and their career, but into that community and that, and that masjid. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you're, you're not going to see the wear and tear that goes into that. Uh, so make sure you appreciate those people as much as you Yeah, I mean, you're you're a married individual. I'm a married individual. We know how much strain it puts on our, you know, married lives, putting time into right. the masjid and the community. It's really stressful. Mm-hmm. Well, alhamdulillah, I got, now I can, I can talk about her. I got blessed with an amazing wife who actually, um, I met her through the work. Right? Alhamdulillah. Through, through the youth work. So she was working way harder than I was. I actually uh, count her as one of my teachers. <laughs> so she was the one putting more strain and stress in than you were. Maybe I'm not saying that you are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm. I'm no, appreciating the sisters' efforts. <laughs> no, but alhamdulillah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice you put into your personal relationships for the, the yeah. sake of the work. No, Definitely. but but khair for joining us tonight. Asad uh, Asad stays busy. He travels a good bit, and also as you can see, you know, he's working for Helping Hand. He's doing volunteer work with Anhar, and then he's also executive director for Miss. So he has a lot of insight. And he also has a lot of understanding, even though he's young, mashallah, he has, you know, a lot of understanding, and a lot of experience. He's like, I was a youth director for 10 years. I'm like, this guy's, how, how is this possible? It's like, my kid is, my kid is 18 and he has 20 years of work experience. It's that kind of thing, mashallah. You, you say that, but you don't tell everyone that, you know, I was that uncle that was asking for 10 more minutes when I was getting up and you wouldn't give it to me. But it's okay. <laughs> No, Jazakallah khair for your time, Asad. Um, I hope to have you on again, inshallah. Maybe shed some light on some other topics or, you know, shed some light on, you know, some uncle wisdom or something like that. <laughs> Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair for having me. No, no, no problem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.